0: Kyle, talk, talk again. Yeesh. There we go. Yeah, he's
1: thing?
0: there. Yeesh. Hold on a second. You <laughs> still seem a little low, buddy.
1: Oh. Uh, no way, Jose. Oh, that's there you dog.
2: go. Look at that. Uh, Kyle, you want to kick it off?
1: <laughs> like I said before, going... I'm into that. <laughs> go, you know, go for it. You know how great my intros are. Everyone's like, <laughs> oh, he ah. introed the show. I'm skipping this one. <laughs> All right. You are listening to the Signal to Noise podcast on the ProSound Web Podcast Network. Signal to Noise is supported by Audix. Check out their new line of Pro Studio headphones and the A131 and the A133 large diaphragm studio condenser mics at AudixUSA.com. I know, Michael, the podcast is the same time every night. I, I get it. I get it. Oh, you want me to read it? Okay, hang on one second. I think I have it laying right here. Oh, it's right here in this pile of bills. Um, Alan Heath has asked us to read this. We frequently ask ourselves, how much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? But we think it's clear that the real question, what the heck is a woodchuck? And more importantly, do they know any good taco places around here? Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Kyle Chernside. You're joining us <laughs> here via the ProSound Web Network of podcast. This one is called Signal to Noise. I don't know if you've heard of it yet or if you get past this part yet, but if you get past this part, this is the Signal to Noise uh, podcast. <laughs> Thank you for joining us tonight. Yeah.
2: yeah. That was fucking right. excellent, dude. Nice job, buddy.
1: This that is uh my, my my friend Thomas is joining us, but first I must say this is Chris mm-hmm. Leonard. This is Michael Lawrence. If you don't What's know up, now Ake? you know. And my friend Thomas Wolf is joining us tonight. It's so cool. Like the first thing I had to say to him was one, sheesh because that shit's funny. <laughs> and then the second thing was, um, I moved away from Las Vegas right as he was moving in. I guess we were there a little cross, like couple months or whatever, but we never got to hang because it was just that thing. Like, yeah, I was, I was packing, you were unpacking, and uh, here we are, dude. You're I definitely, the-
3: uh, I took it personally.
1: I shit,
3: I took it personally.
1: <laughs> so if that's the thing, I think with audio folks in general, if you if you know that you have a show coming up and one of your dudes or chicks or is, is on that show. Like, yeah, that it, there's more of a chance of that happening than if you're at home.
3: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like the
1: untold truth. Like, if you have a show, yeah. I'll go so, see this cat. If you don't have a show and we're just hanging out at home, I'm probably on my couch, bro.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Same <laughs> here. Same here. I'm lazy as fuck when I get home. COVID. Yeah.
2: So before Kyle, I think I, I'd like you to maybe just go through some of, some of Thomas's bio and stuff, but before we do that, what's the coolest thing in an arm's reach?
1: Who's first? You. Oh, you guys. You're
0: hosting. What? <laughs> it's a
1: stretch, dude. I
0: don't even know if it fit. Hold on. Kyle's opening stuff's, up a chest. Oh, stuff's being yeah, like, stuff He's being going moved. down a dungeon. He's Uh-oh. coming out. Well, what the heck is that? He's bringing something out of the closet.
1: <laughs> it's my... my <laughs> this... <laughs> This that is, is me and <laughs> it's a life size
2: skeleton.
1: It's a life size skeleton because it is September, whatever, and it's time to start preparing for a cool holiday coming up and the string of holidays that follow afterwards. And if you have kids or don't, or you just enjoy Halloween, uh, nothing says Halloween like going out and being able to shop for things in uh, retail venues. And I got this life size <laughs> skeleton.
2: Oh, hell yeah, dude. Is that is that going on your front porch? Or is that... You got a
0: display you're going to do? Yeah, it's
1: going to actually sit in this chair when I'm not doing the podcast so all my shit is
0: hooked up. <laughs> can, can, can you leave the headphones on him so the yeah. headphones don't go anywhere so you have them for the yeah. next episode?
2: And then if you can't make an episode, just the skeleton can just join us. Just stand that there. It's, it's stand
1: it. humorous, get it? Uh,
2: uh, anatomy jokes, great. Uh, I, I'll go. I've got a... Uh, it looks like a business card. It's the size and shape of a business card. It's a USB drive. I got it at AES, I want to say 2019.
0: Audio Technica, is that on there? Is uh, that-
2: yeah, Klein Media and AT, yep. Um, and it had a press kit on it, and I said, this is great. I'll put it in my wallet, then I'll always have my show files on me, um, which sounds like an awesome idea, unless you forget it's there. And so it's been in my wallet for three years. <laughs> and like two days ago I was like, Holy shit, I've been carrying this thing around the whole time and I've never used it. So now it's out of my wallet and it's on my desk. Um and I'm gonna see what show files are on here. We're gonna have a fun little excursion down memory
0: lane. Uh that's mine. Chris Leonard, what do you got? So I have a uh a bullback mandolin. Whoa. Uh nice. it's an old is it's an old one. It's kinda of falling apart. You can kind of see uh the, oh, the your bridge guards. is pulling up there, yeah. Yeah, and it's like it is like scratched up as fuck. So it only has one string left on it out, of, out of eight. Um, I was gonna ask and, if you play it, but I feel like the answer is no, based on what yeah, you just said. No, so yeah, I, I we were cleaning up my grandfather's house um, uh, a couple of years ago after he passed, um, and uh, and I found this in the basement. No one in the family had ever seen it before, so I have no idea. Like, I mean, no idea how long this thing had ever been in his basement. Who in the family ever played it? I have no idea. My grandfather was a musician. He played oh. organ and and he played piano, but I never no one ever knew him to have played any stringed instruments. So this might have been my great grandfather's. I don't know. My dad doesn't know. Um, there's no manufacturer on here, but somebody played the hell out of it. Like the I don't know if you can see, but the like the pick marks on this thing are intense. Like there is somebody played the hell out of this thing. So it now it just kind of lives around. It's kind of cool. Uh, it is from. Pennsylvania. Um, Is it, do you know what year it was made? And not yet. It says Keystone State on the back, and it does have a patent number thing here so i gotta dig more into it i've been too lazy but uh it's it's still kind of cool that thing could be like
1: a hidden gem dude and just worth a ton (laughs) of money probably too
0: one of those things that people bring to antiques roadshow and it's worth three hundred fifty thousand dollars. yeah given the condition it'd it'd be like i I feel like i already thought about this if i brought to one of those shows it'd be like yeah you know this thing's worth like ten thousand dollars but uh given its condition it's worth about a hundred (laughs) uh
2: Or the pawn star guys, it's worth fifty grand, but I'll give you two hundred seventy bucks for it. Best I can do. Best I can do. Brutal, <laughs> brutal. Um, Thomas, what's the coolest thing you got with an arm's reach?
3: Ah uh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> Probably this thing, this cup, which is uh, it's part of like an Aeropress that fits in here to make coffee. Yeah. So it's got the whole fucking thing. Uh, that's definitely the coolest thing in arm's reach. Nice, Are you nice. enjoying a coffee yeah. right now? Did you talk to us? Absolutely, yeah. That thing's been a, a lifesaver. Do you take it with you?
1: <laughs> Out on your stuff?
3: I do, yeah. I've got a little grinder and um, a little kettle that all fits in a Pelican. Oh, saves wow. me some money. I I had I have a, to go to Starbucks every day.
1: Oh, yeah. And burnt coffee
3: yeah. every day? No thanks. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: I had a, a UK tech. His name was uh, Nick Payne. He worked for SSE. And uh, he always brought a little espresso machine. Front of house, oh, did. that's rad! And I just sit there and smash those things. Hell and just yeah! Get weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's yeah. so good.
2: So shout out to Denny Miller. He figured out how to control an espresso machine from his S6 with a user key. Oh, um, I've heard he that. He presses yeah. a button and it makes him coffee during the show. So that's <laughs> yeah, that's fucking badass.
1: MIDI.
3: that is fucking badass. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so Thomas comes from us. He obviously he's in in Las Vegas when when I was talking to him he was further west yeah the west coast and uh i think we had ran into each other at a bunch of your house gigs so he used to work at the viper room uh roxy El ray fonda um and house of Blues, sunset strip and a couple other joints and but you also did some really cool bands over your time uh house of pain everlast notice i'm only going to pick out the ones that i really like um, <laughs> Little Uzi, uh, Little Uzi Vert, uh, Danny Brown, which is hilarious. Like I don't know how I could mix that show without laughing my head off, like the entire time. Um, <laughs> one of my favorite bands that you mixed, and I almost came to see you one time was the Borns. Uh, oh yeah, I like yeah, yeah. I like those guys a lot. And uh, another one of my favorite dude, Santa Gold. Holy cow! Oh like, yeah, amazing artist. Like all
3: her songs, Brutal gig. All one of the songs. most brutal gigs. We'll I've we'll talk about that one then.
1: And yeah. then a band that we both mixed, uh Under Oath. And oh yeah,
3: that's right, dude. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: Both had our times with Under Oath. And then yeah. dude, one of my personal favorites, like when they were separate as solo dudes, but run the jewels. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Are yeah. you kidding me? Run the
3: Jewels. <laughs> Stoked for that one, yeah. Welcome to the show. Happy to be here. Honor and a pleasure, fellas. <laughs> Honor and a pleasure.
2: Uh, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll throw one out there, because when, when they sent your bio over, uh, I'm a big Meg Myers fan. I'll throw that out there. Oh, uh, um, nice. She, nice. She's got some really cool sounds. There's some yeah. really interesting production. It's very unique. It's kind of a blend of a lot of different things. And I remember listening to that record and going, like, this must be a real challenge live uh, with yeah. lot, so many different elements. I'd love to hear your thoughts about that.
3: Um, that was uh, quite a long time ago. <laughs> she... Um, i just did some fly dates with her okay um she had came through the viper room a few times she used to play the the sunset strip kind of a lot back then um so i just did some like random fly dates uh like a weird radio festival and barstow and um so i wasn't really able to to dig deep on that one
2: i assume i mean it feels like was there like a good amount of playback on that um,
3: yeah, or or yeah, it seems like it would be. If I haven't seen her live, but I would like to. A lot of playback, good band behind her, um, strong vocal, which was great. And and you That's mentioned cool.
1: something in that. I mentioned it as well. Let's talk about working on the Sunset Strip, because yes. oh, obviously yeah. some of those venues weren't on the Strip. But being a Hollywood engineer at a local venue was yeah. Was it just relentless? Was it like? insane to keep up with that amount of stuff going on
3: yeah absolutely um so i basically the first gig i got was the viper room as an intern and then i started interning at the roxy and stuff like that um but at that point of the sunset trip it was um kind of the heyday was over so it was a lot of like pay-to-play bands and you'd have like four or five acts in the night and it'd be like all completely different genres. And it was seven Um, nights
1: a week, right? Like, literally, every every night they could be open, they were open. Every
3: night, every night. And then you'd also have, like, a lot of the cool legacy acts come through. Um, But it was just, like, mixing all day long. Um, So I really got my chops uh, doing that. Yeah, it was a fun time. It was a fun time. And at that time, there was the caliber caliber of engineers working at those venues were just like really high caliber. So I got to learn a lot from a lot of like the older dudes. Um, we still had analog co- consoles back then. Um, so it here, was a great, great place to come up, you know, great place to come up.
1: I I remember visiting all those venues as a patron and, or a, a visiting engineer. And yeah. I couldn't like, I wanted to imagine it different because yeah. a lot of those venues are really just fucking horrible venues. They're awful. They really <laughs> yeah. they they're, they really fucking are. They are a sound <laughs> person's nightmare. But yeah, the day at a show in Hollywood is way different than any other day you're going to have anywhere else on tour ever. I mean, Absolutely. And uh if you bring some of that nostalgia with you, like when I was walking into the Roxy or I walked over to the Rainbow to get a hamburger, like yeah. being submersed in that, like you said, you learned so much. What was the venue yeah. that you think like mercenary audio what became your belt?
3: Uh it was probably the Viper. Room because uh you had to mix monitors and for the house, but we had two separate consoles. Uh, we had a minus Midas one K for front of house, and then we had a uh, a Venice uh like three twenty uh for monitors, um. So, and just the amount of acts, um, you really uh it was like boot camp, and you have to also, lay down almost. That, well, that's oh, what I was gonna yeah. say because we yeah. were
2: talking about that when we had Jeff Holly on the show because they just refit some uh, SQ series desks in there. Um, yeah, we were talking about that, but I remember like oh, I guess I'm mixing through this, like, you know, mail slot tonight. Yeah. Might, you know, and so if you started off there as an intern and you went somewhere else and you're like, oh, this is what it's like to actually be in the same room as the show. Like that. Exactly. Can, that's, a, that's a terrible place to start, but it's also a really good place to start because then it's yeah. just going to get better. <laughs> right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. The crow's nest up there. You have to climb up a ladder. <laughs> Brutal. Mix it on your belly. Yeah. <sighs> Fun times, though. That and the Roxy. Um. So the Roxy was kind of like a step up from that. Uh, they had like a Soundcraft series five, but it they actually had a front of house position and a monitor position. Um, so I remember walking cool in to...
1: whiskey one time and they had an Amec recall or an yeah. Amec oh, Yeah, Oh yeah. 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 Nobody knew that how that to work it, but the forever. house guy and he just, he's, <laughs> yeah. to go, let me know when you need some help.
3: <laughs> yeah, man. Now they just have uh, X 32s in there.
1: Wow.
2: So that's something that I think it would be cool to talk about, particularly for, you know, I was actually talking to Eric Ferguson yesterday, who we've had on the show, the audio professor from Hudson University up in Maine. And the, we were talking about his school's ready to buy some new gear. What yeah. desks are we going to buy? What desks are his kids going to see? you know in, in in the first 5 years of their career it's not going to be an SD7 it's going to be X32s and it's going to be this you know
0: CL1s and it's going to be you, you mean recording schools shouldn't have a SSL G series consoles sitting in <laughs> no, there I'm not, i mean I, that's I, not real life i, I, I think don't... i
2: think you're going to i think you're going <laughs> to want to expose people as much as you can but i i think that if you know if i've seen some people kind of have to readjust their expectations when they come out of school and they're working on you know top level consoles and then you know my first few years of my career after that were just on broken analog Mackies and and crappy clubs, you know, so um, I I think that's a real conversation about, you know, when I think back to my first tour, I mean, God, it was a nightmare, but I learned so much because I I had never worked on any of those desks, and it was uh, you know, I don't think the X32 even existed at that point. It was LS9, it was the Studio Live, it was uh, you know, GL2200, just, just whatever I was walking up to each night. And I remember being in the van with a manual, you know, trying to just learn how to do subgroups or whatever. And that sucked, and it's really, really hard to give your artist consistency in that set of circumstances. But it was really, really good for me because it, it made me comfortable working through all those tools. So as you're talking about bouncing between these venues and, and fly dates, and I look at the different artists that you've worked with over such a span of time, I mean... It sounds like that's probably a lot of your 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 day to day is is what tool set am I working on today and
3: how do I get the most out of that out of that tool set oh absolutely absolutely a lot of uh console de jour, yeah um just which was great like the first you know couple years of touring was it was always a different console uh, but it really kept you on your toes right and you got to learn many different consoles um and you got to learn like how to prioritize your line checks and sound checks, you know. Because especially, you know, you're going to be with the opener or uh, support act and you don't have a lot of time. You might not know that console, but you just got to go, okay, where's gain, mm. high-pass filter. Let you it know, rip. Can yeah. I hear it? Cool. <clears throat> like, don't dial yeah. it in. Just fucking, do I got the signal? It sounds all right? On to the next. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is great because, you know, even once in a while, I'll do some random gig with a band and uh fly in no rehearsal um but i still have the confidence because of all that training all those shitty gigs before (laughs) um yeah you know just keep it simple and you know yeah, I gain think that, and high pass, man. Yeah, that's, that's all you it. need.
2: And you know what? And Yak has an article on personal Web called "The Ten Channel Challenge," and he's talking about nah. exactly that. Like, just what you know, what are my showstopper channels? Let me get these. Yep. let's get the faders up. Let's get the gains dialed. And let's get the high pass. And let's rock. Um, I, I think about you know that first tour that I inherited. I I cut. I think I cut eight or nine inputs immediately on day one. Yeah, because it was that same idea. It was like, no, I don't need. I don't need you know a hi hat mic. There's there's sixty people in the room. You know, yeah. so it was just I cut everything that wasn't essential <laughs> and then when I was like, All right, well now I can actually I have seven minutes to d- dial this thing in and I can spend three of that on my money channel because that's yep. what people came out to hear. So yeah, it was just cut the fat and struggle through. So how about when you're walking into all these clubs, in addition to console du jour, you've got PA du jour and that boy, especially on the West Coast, I found you never really know what you're getting into until you till you go in there and oh, listen yeah. to it.
3: So how was that for you? Um it's very hit or miss, man. Yeah, especially on the West Coast, you have some real crappy fucking rigs. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, I would just—I'd always rely on my house guys like heavily. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, just try to—you know—you definitely run across a lot of like salty dudes. Um, but <laughs> no, I don't talk make, about car like that. No. <laughs> But I always made it a point just to come in with, like, a good attitude. You know what I mean? Be nice as possible. Uh, You know, not try to show my frustration. Just Mm. get on their good side. Um, And then rely, because, you know, they know the rig. They're there day in and day out. Right. Um, So, yes. Being in my career, I relied relied heavily on house crews um, to get the job done, you know. Um, So, yeah. That... um, yeah, I think um, also just realizing you can't fix every environment, and right. sometimes it's going to sound like shit, and you can only do <laughs> the best you can do, you know, and I think uh, the more I got more experience, the more I realized, okay, it just sounds like shit, there's nothing I can do, it's not, it's not me, you know. <laughs> I think
2: that's that was a huge part of the battle for me. And at this point, I knew nothing about how PA systems worked. I knew nothing about yeah. measurements. I I just had ears, right? That's it. Yeah. And and I remember how much easier things got when I learned what I should go after and what I should not go after. And right. Just if if it's blown up, it's going to sound like don't chase that. Or hey, I think we can we can fix this if we work on it. And that was an important skill for me to learn. Was where am I prioritizing you know we only have yeah like you said it's such a short amount of time where's my priorities lie right now and if I don't get tom two during check I don't care we're gonna move on you know also yeah if, exactly. I get, if I get to it great but yeah you know, if my, you know that's not we're not gonna hold the sound check up for that
1: yeah so who came Absolutely. in you worked at a lot of killer venues that had sorry Chris you can go you're good, you're I, good. I knew you raised your hand that's why we try to do this video thing can we so raise we hands on the other. podcast now are we doing that <laughs> I I know so a lot of people came into your venues that were from insane bands, like yeah, private shows to uh, underplays, whatever. Who came in and made that PA sing like you'd never heard it sing before?
3: As a, oh houseguard. man, um, probably Scoville. Yeah, Scoville was a huge one. Uh, we did the Fond. They did uh, Tom Petty at the Fonda, and obviously. Oh, super young gun man just so fucking blown away um also uh pooch at uh the sunset house of blues doing um what's the name of that band he did for years lincoln park Um, lincoln park lincoln park yeah yeah uh just blown away by these dude skills man it's insane insane man Uh, and so many more There's, yeah, there's just countless, uh, especially in LA. Um, So many heavy hitters would come through, and it was just, it was such an honor to meet these dudes, and they're always like really cool. Um, And just to sit behind and watch them them work was, was rad, man.
2: We got. I gotta give Pooch a little love. I send him the dumbest shit all the time, and he always, he always is super nice to me back. Like I was like, like he's so nice, why dude. Are you he's such me a nice needs, guy. You know? Like, he, he's, so great, man. I love that guy.
0: Yeah, man. Sweetheart so, of a for, dude. Yeah. So first off, your your list of touring clients is very eclectic, to, to say the yeah. least. I mean, yeah. everything from from hip hop to to kind of almost like folky pop to to yep. to screamo I mean it's like all the place so that that that's cool in and of itself I think um I think I, I find out... I, I don't think a lot of people who who run in like the hardcore screamo circle can do some of the softer <laughs> pop stuff you know what I, yeah. mean? I don't know like, you Easy. know so it's <laughs> um, just, I'm laugh-
2: I'm sorry I'm laughing cuz I haven't heard someone use the term screamo in like 10 years and it tickles me. <laughs> well, hold on, But while lead- well, I'm leading no, it. Undergrowth, who oh, is the that.
0: biggest screamo band? So yeah. I mean that's yeah. Blood, lot, you know, Blood Brothers. Yeah. I, um so, you know, first off, Under Oath, um it's funny we were messing ahead of this. That was that was their return. They had they had broken up or had gone on like, hey, we're we're done and then they came back, um, and everyone was like, Holy shit. And so two things. What I imagine from a from a, a vibe and experience, the crowds had to have been insane on that because they were, were like so happy to have had Under Earth back. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh and then secondly, I'm curious and this might not just be just Under Earth, but just in general, in screaming type vocals. I'm very curious, um, <clears throat> how do you handle some of that? So I know like a lot of work gets done in the studio where you're doing like you're doubling of vocals, you're adding some delay, you maybe even fatten them up with some distortion or different things. So do you do anything from a screaming vocal live to kind of fatten and thicken it up? Or it just is what it is. How, how do you work with screaming vocals? Um, in particular
3: with the under oath, um, I, not much, just, uh, a little compression and, uh, a lot of, uh, riding the fader. Um, then he's good. He has, yeah, he's he's got such a fucking great vocal. Uh, there was not much I had to do to it, um, but just the changes in volume. It was very very dynamic. Was Gollepsy?
1: So was Gollepsy? Yeah. yeah. So t- yeah. Tell him about that vocal at drums. Holy shit.
3: Yeah, that fucking always drummer vocals suck because um, yep. it's just another overhead. But uh, his fucking vocals amazing. Insane. So. Yeah, it was just like, okay, pull the fader down 15 dB when he's not singing, just know the cues to bring it up, um, but really very, very easy vocals to mix, um, and no magic behind it on my end, which is great. I always let, you know, the less I have to do, you know, the better at the end of the day. (laughs) Um, yeah, but really fun band to mix. Brutal fucking tour. Uh... I was TM, PM, front of house for that. True. You know, one one bus, one truck, fourteen people on a bus, um, and a same same amount of production. Yeah, like eight um, so of those pretty dudes are in the out. band, So like, yeah, yeah. So it was pretty fucking brutal. Um, but when it came to mixing, yeah, I was it was such a fucking fun band to mix, and like you said, the crowds were just going fucking insane.
1: I really um, liked mixing that band.
3: I yeah, did too. I did
1: uh just, define the great line. So Yeah. It, oh yeah, yeah. And uh it was it was so fucking fun, man. Holy yeah. cow, like those kids have so much energy. And like you said, Glepsie's vocals at drums are just like they they're the harmonies that make that uh album, what was it? Not uh, chasing safely or whatever. Chasing so yeah. All the chasing all safely. the singing parts of that are the drummer. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Like he's so yeah. good. I had, I had a lot of fun mixing those dudes, and there were just great dudes in general.
3: Yeah, exactly. Uh, all great musicians, and it was a cool mix of, like, a lot of tracks, you know, and a lot of uh, live instruments. Um, well, because
0: that, it didn't, that album, they kind of came back more electronic than they had yep. ever had oh, before, yeah. right? Yeah.
3: That
1: album's fucking brutal, yeah, too. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. So, yeah. It
3: was a brutal tour, but... Uh... I'd do it again, if uh, only if I was mixing. But yeah. <laughs> so,
2: so, to so kind of piggyback on that, and I actually, I, I'm also interested in hearing Kyle's answer to this. Ugh. When you talk about, come on, man, you're one of the, you're on the show. You got to do a little bit. <laughs>
1: I'm replace myself with that. He <laughs> did the intro. What else do you expect? <laughs>
2: That's true. He's done now. Uh, he's on break. <laughs> when you're talking about this eclectic mixture of artists, um, you know. A lot of stuff, you know that you know. I do. I might do bluegrass, and I might do metal. And so you, you you're going like, hey, I don't, I w- don't always choose to listen to all this music, but I still need to find kind of what it is about this that makes it cool, and kind of how to familiarize myself with that, and to to bring out that thing that the fans came for. So how do you familiarize yourself or kind of find the the nugget, so to speak, of each of these very different artists and styles of music when you when you're get, preparing for for a gig with an artist?
3: Yeah. So. Um, I've definitely mixed a lot of bands that I wouldn't have listened to on my free time. (laughs) Um, Even Under Oath, uh, my generation was kind of past the screamo scene, you know what I mean? I came from, like, hardcore punk rock, stuff like that. Um, But uh, I'm able to find something. Like, I could mix any music and find, like, enjoyment out of it or you know, like the creativity from it. Um, So basically, once I find out I'm working with a band, I just dig into their catalog, and it's all I fucking listen to for weeks on end. It's pretty brutal. um, You just want to, like, relax and listen to your own shit. But I'm like, no, no, I just fucking... uh, All day long, I just listen to this shit just to, like, familiarize myself um, uh, on their music. Um, and it's just a big help. Uh, cause you know, before you start the first rehearsal, like you already have a sense of, um, where everything's kind of landing. Um, and it gives you a good base to start with. Yeah. Are well, you
2: doing a lot with, uh, like virtual playback and working on your file ahead of time or are you just going to show it up and, and build as you go?
3: Uh, mostly it's just showing up build as you go. Uh, if I'm lucky, there'll be some, some multi-tracks but it's pretty rare yeah um it's been pretty rare in my career um uh but i always multi-track the shows uh so you know if i have a day off i can dig into it or during uh michael's like hmm (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah Hmm. yeah (laughs) so
1: to Uh, to unpack that like uh i can't say it better than thomas did like being a venue person makes you a mercenary audio person or like you sink or swim. And I think absolutely I think that goes with genres as well. So yeah. um, I always used to tell everybody it was kind of a joke, but it's not really a joke. Mix every band like a mixing slayer. And the only reason I <laughs> the only reason I said slayer is because they were one of my favorite bands when I was a kid, so that's what I meant is mix it like it's your favorite band mm-hmm. and
3: that's really fucking cool man yeah, yeah and, dude. And, uh, I feel you on that and I always said they're like oh
1: dude Kyle you're doing a four piece bluegrass with no drums and a washboard like what do you do and I go mix it like fucking Slayer and everyone was like <laughs> oh, oh, oh you so funny metal kid oh. but, but that's what I meant was like approach it like it's my favorite band and it does grow on you like even, yeah. even the genres that like you said Thomas like I was way past that like kind of under oath metal yeah. or thing that was going down but i found a passion for it you know and, yeah, that, and that's absolutely. what chris talks about it all the time is like you find a passion for the music and something moves you whether it's something they say and that's what <laughs> i want to get into next is the the hip-hop stuff where like lp and killer mike holy shit they don't even have yeah. to have a beat behind them and they're gonna say some killer shit like yeah absolutely and that's what I think the approach should be when you're like, oh no, I got to mix a bluegrass man with a suitcase for a kick drum. I've never, <laughs> I've never done that before. Mix it like fucking Slayer. Like mix dude, it like it's your I, favorite shit.
3: I love that fucking quote, dude. Yeah, man. I'm gonna get that fucking tattooed on me. Yeah, that's fucking amazing. I get it with you.
2: <laughs>
3: mix it like Slayer. Hell yeah. <laughs> I,
2: you know what, I, Kyle, I think that's that's a really important point too because I, I mean, uh, we've had. Younger techs say, or not just younger techs, you've had techs say to my colleague who runs a a production company here, well, you know, yeah, once I start getting gigs I like, then I'll, like, take it seriously or whatever. I'm like, dude, you're never going to get the gig you like. Hell no. Right? So I have this, I don't actually know if I've actually talked about this on the show, but I have this philosophy, they call the McCartney check. (laughs) uh, You know where I'm going with this, Kyle? (laughs) So, like, if you're done setting up, you know, you just finished down, everything's good. Right? And uh, did I really? No,
1: but you oh, okay. we know you love Paul McCartney, dude.
2: I do love Paul McCartney, but whatever your, you know, insert your favorite artist here. If their management shows up goes, "Hey, by the way, Paul's in town. He wants to come up on stage and and do a song with your artist tonight."
1: Fucking.
2: Is there something I want to go up and change? Do I want to like go kneading up my cables or like the answer should be no. You should always be operating yeah. at that level like, "Hey, I'm doing my shit. I'm running my house. Yeah, bring let bring Paul in or whoever. Taylor Swift, you know, whoever your your here your, your your artist is, but Br- yeah. Bring him on stage. We're ready to go. Like and kind of that helped me really find like excitement, even in the crappy gigs. Like because it's not about the gig; it's about like the standard that I'm choosing to hold myself to. And that oh. was kind of a
3: big change for me. You know? Hell yeah, yeah. I love that, Michael. I too. Yeah, yeah. I have the same. I have the same philosophy, man. This tattoo's yeah.
1: getting bigger, Thomas. We're gonna have to do
2: this. Yeah, <laughs> I know.
3: <laughs>
2: and Chris, no catchphrase for you. Just a picture of your face.
0: I. Um, you uh, gotta- Right here, dude. Yeah, hell yeah. And
2: you know, I will say, Thomas, uh, probably top five mustaches we've had on the show. Also, oh, so give you top, some top five, like top one. Yeah, t- uh, yeah, uh, top one Jesus, I don't. Well, we've you, had man. a lot of great. We had a lot of great beards, but this is yeah. probably the first mustache that we've gotten into on the show. That yeah, was. Really I might go. Them. I
0: might go shave after this. I don't know. I might. You know, uh, are you feeling uh, mus- yeah,
2: mustache inadequacy? That's a great band yeah. name.
1: <laughs> <laughs> they all went to Berkeley.
2: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a pro- like some sort of prog project. It does. Yeah. <laughs> Like six Shit. dudes in the audience are so good. <laughs> uh, all right, so Thomas, I was when I was at Berkeley. Thanks, Kyle, for the segue. <laughs> uh, Victor Wooten came and and was oh, given a clinic, yeah. right? And he yeah. someone asked him. One of the students said, "All right, do you ever get frustrated with your playing?" And everybody laughs because he's by by many standards one of the best bass players alive, right? Yeah, here, so, here. And he does shit that other people can't fucking do. So yeah. everyone starts laughing, and he says, "He says I'm constantly frustrated with my playing." He's, and, yeah, and, and and it got really quiet. So, you know, in that sense, um, you know, what are some things that as you progress through your career and as you kind of build your roster, you know, there's a part of you that's like, yeah, this is great. I'm like, okay, apparently I know what I'm doing to some degree, but what are you working on? What's challenging for you? You know, what are you, what are you trying to, to improve and learn with your skill set?
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm definitely my worst enemy. Yeah. (laughs) Um, you know, um, it's like, uh, I mean, some days I'm like, oh, I'm the shit, you know, like
0: us, fucking this yeah. mix.
3: I'm the fucking best out there. And then, like other days it's like, "What? I can't believe people are fucking paying you for this. this you're a piece of shit. You got to get better, get you know, better. um, and I definitely have like an imposter syndrome yeah. a little bit as well. It's like, how the fuck did I get here? Mm-hmm. I, I don't deserve to be here. Um, so it's a lot of battling in my mind, um, but I think it's good because it strives, you know, I always want to be better. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm,
2: glad, I'm really glad you said that. And, uh, and yeah. I hear this all the time with, with my mentees. We always talk about yeah. this
3: and we hear it from our younger listeners. Like,
2: I, there's still some part of me, every gig that I go into that goes, hope I don't fuck this up. Like, you know, I, that's uh, that's never going to yeah. go away. If it does, you're just no. getting complacent. Right. And I don't want exactly. to work with you. Um, exactly. And, and I think the key is to just be kind to yourself. Like. It's it's yep. healthy to go. Hey, that worked really well. I'm proud of that. This thing needs some more work. So that's how we improve. We need to be honest with ourselves about what needs work, what we're doing well, what what we need to brush up on. But that you, if you beat yourself up, that's not productive. So I think I think just like I said, be honest but kind with that. You know, I think that's kind of my approach there because it's not going to go away. You right, know, yeah. I, yeah, everybody I know clinic. says. You know. Yeah. Right. There you go. Um, yeah, it's it, 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 there's obviously you progress over time. We're not always the best judge of how our skills have right. progressed over time until you listen to some old shit and you're like, oh my God, that was horrendous. Like, so you, yeah, start, sort of like you don't notice yourself getting taller, you know, it's yeah. just so gradual. Yeah. But, but there's always going to be a hey, I need to up my game on this particular thing. And hey, that actually came out pretty good. And that's that's part of doing what we do. I just think try to not be so brutal with yourself, you know? Yeah,
3: that's that's great fucking advice, man. That is great advice. Um, it's good to be critical, but also being kind to yourself is important. Um, and then also not letting your ego get too big. At the same time, find, as Buddha um, would say,
2: find the middle path. Yeah,
3: find the middle path, man. That's the way to go. Um, my my approach for learning more is constantly changing. I'm mm. going through, you know, I'll, periods of where I'm trying to do more complex stuff, more routing, more you know um more plugins or more outboard gear and then i go like the complete opposite and i'm like how do i make this sound going the most simplest route Mm -hmm. um so i think i'm right now more on the simpler route kind of um vibe um uh but uh yeah, I mean there's the great thing about this gig it's like you never you never stop learning. Um, and I'm always listening to like, you know, other dudes mixes and mm-hmm. blown away like uh and deconstructing what they're doing. Um my mixes always sound better when there's not another front of house guy around I have to say. <laughs> you know what I mean?
0: The worst is <laughs> when your front of house buddies come and you're like Suck. fuck
3: Suck. fuck.
0: Well hold on. But is there a way to flip that? Is there a way to, I'm just thinking about this, so, all right, you know, mix it like Slayer, the whole Paul McCartney thing. Hey, mix like you have your, your biggest peer over your shoulder. Yeah. Right? That, I mean, if Pooch or Scoville are about to walk in behind me right now, what would they pick out or what would yeah. they say to me? Like, I don't know. Uh, you know? it's
3: Yeah. 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 That's a fucking you know cool what way I, to look at you it, You know man. what I like
2: about that too, Chris, is we can get very, like, zoned in on something mm. like i'm setting my snare gate side chain or so you know what i mean like you get yeah. re- and, and then you can so you miss big well, the guitar's 70b too low right now and i'm not hearing that because i'm focused on this other thing you know absolutely J- jason moore said that to me i think when he was on the show um or he said it to me when we were hanging out one time but he said his system tech he's like he would tell his system tech hey if you hear something tell me he goes Cause maybe i'm working on the snare for the last two minutes and i don't hear this other thing so I, what i like about what you said chris is it kind of gives you that kind of like impetus to like zone out, like let me yeah. step back and and be a you know observer for a second. And is there anything that's obviously needs to be fixed with this, you know? I, I, or Kyle, I think about yeah, what um, the Howard what Page, you, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah he dude, said, stop filling out. rings, <laughs>
1: bro. I had sweat rings when that dude was sitting behind me. Like <laughs> holy cow. And the and I'll always remember that every time I get nervous. And Dave Rat's done it to me too, where he walks up behind me and I'm just like, Oh shit, fucking Dave Rat's behind me. God yeah, damn it. Or, yeah. or we were talking before the show. Shadone like brought in an yeah. X for a show in, in Arizona for me and he'd stand behind me, like so I gotta focus and be, have the Howard Page thing. Stand back, listen and enjoy it. Like enjoy it for a second. And I think that'll take the nerves away. Holy shit. Yeah.
2: Well, I think about, I mean, just recently I took my family I think we talked about it to, to see uh, David Morgan out with uh, James Taylor. And that mix was like, fuck it. Like that was not the sound of a mix that somebody's tweaking. That was like, here's one I prepared earlier. It was perfect. That <laughs> mix was perfect. It was brilliant. And so, you know, that's a very, that it's not somebody who's got their head buried in their, in their waves rack. And yeah, it's not it's not a shot at waves. It's yeah. that's a shot at paying attention when you're doing your job, you know what We're I mean? It's
1: constantly so. twisting,
3: man.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, don't don't be fiddling. Yeah. Yeah. It, Absolutely. It's it's, uh, it's an awareness. It's kind of a Zen thing,
3: you know? Oh yeah. yeah.
0: I I think I think too, we've talked to people about this too. It's um Knowing, knowing why you're using a tool for something. So I think the I think yeah. I think like the exercise of going to the degree of using using as many things as possible stripping it back down is that every time you rebuild back up, you had a reason for why you built back up to something. So yeah. I I think it's a healthy exercise to actually strip it down, build it up, strip it down, build it up, and then ne- mm-hmm. you never just have to be the one that is, always has everything. Yeah. It, yeah. Well, also, like
2: I mean, when you're talking about a small format desk, hey, I got eight effect slots or whatever that you know whatever the limitations i only got so many subgroups like it that forces you to think really it's it's almost like when you used to have the analog rack of stuff and hey i only got eight compressors so i gotta be really i gotta choose where they go and i got i can't just slap them on everything right so to me when i when i have to pare down a show onto a smaller desk it makes me think very critically about oh i have one slot that i can put I can either put the dynamic EQ on the vocal, or I can, or I can do my multi-band comp on my guitar bus. Which one's more important? And and I think very critically about what I'm adding to my file. And I think that's a healthy thing because you, you start to realize where you want to dedicate your processing and and where it's not as important, you know. And it's like the vocal tends to be where I where I go with that stuff. Um, but I like the exercise of that. Speaking Absolutely. of vocals,
1: let's let's talk about two things real quick. One, run the jewels because that's yeah. Fucking LP and Killer Mike are incredible. Holy shit. And yeah. anybody who hasn't heard them or heard the, the show or went to the show needs to go. One, quit fucking sleeping because those dudes are smart <laughs> and they say a lot of good yeah. shit. And two, I want to get into your thing that you mentioned at the very beginning of the show about Santa Gold. So I want to make yeah. sure to get those two things in before we run up against the clock here at the Signal Noise Clock Pro- oh, yeah. Processing yeah. Department.
3: Uh, let's jump into the Sandy Gold thing. Oh yeah. Um, so Sandy Gold is notorious for just going through monitor engineers, like it's you know, um, there she's brutal on monitor guys, and uh, I got hit up for the gig, and um, my dumbass is like, I'm gonna be the first fucking monitor guy she's not gonna fire. You know what I mean? Like I'm gonna be the first one that gets it right. Um, honestly, that or uh, obviously, that didn't happen. I got fired like after a month, but <laughs> but man, it was so brutal. It was like two, two hour sound checks every day, and like nothing you could do was right. And, um, off stage, she's a, a wonderful person, like super sweet, but there's something that happens when she gets on stage. Um, she just becomes like completely unreasonable, like. <laughs> She wants to hear, you know, reverb, but she doesn't want to hear herself in the reverb. I'm like, okay. <laughs> mm. Or she wants to hear delay, but she doesn't want to hear it delay. Like, seriously, like stuff like that. And there was like nothing you could do uh, to get it right.
2: Think about the Bruce Dickinson the workout because what does it even mean?
3: <laughs> That's kind of what I was going through <laughs> my head right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's I, just
1: I would have asked her if she's ever had someone do that for her before. That would have been good, yeah.
0: If you're ready to for it to walk out. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't ask it, you know, upfront, but um Have you ever had yeah.
1: anyone get you reverb without your voice in the reverb? Cuz <laughs> I, I need to call them. I need, yeah, I, I want to fix yeah. this for you.
0: We need to sell some shit. Yeah. It was a lot of like
3: uh going into it, I knew she didn't want any answers like that, like uh like I you can't do that or that's not possible. Um so it was just like, "Okay, let me. How's this? How's that?" Or sometimes I wouldn't do anything. It's like, was that better? You know what I mean? Like it was just trying to cater to her psychologically. If that makes sense. Um, and just trying to be a nice guy, not get frustrated. Yeah. Um, I thought that approach would work. Didn't, but you know,
0: how, uh, how about,
3: how, how about you? the, f- Oh, good.
0: It was a, uh, front of house person. How long is that a, a rotating circle there too? Or is that c- consistent?
3: No, it's consistent. Consistent. Um, This guy, Kilo, he's he's awesome, man. Kilo's the shit. Um, He also mixes uh, Jay-Z. Jay-Z, he did Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Um, Yeah, he's a heavy hitter. Uh, So, you know, she has a lot of um, trust and confidence in him. So it would be like him coming to Monitor World and us trying to get the effects right for her. You know what I mean? Um but it was just an impossible task at the end of the day. Um and how uh, was it on
1: your psyche though? I mean, after a while did it start to take its toll, you were like, Man, or did you come to grips with yourself? Did you have to go, Okay, it's not me?
3: Uh both. Both. I was battling <laughs> with both. Um I might not look like it, but very sensitive on the inside. You know what I mean? Like Damn I here, fucking bro. oh, are you it, saying that you know mustache I mean? is like, a defense no, mechanism? Totally is that what you're telling it. me, Thomas? No. <laughs> it, Yes, it makes me look tougher than I actually am. Um, so, dude, it was like, because there's a fine line of like, okay, is it, is it me? Is it the artist? Like, um, so yeah, it it definitely fucked with me, man. It hurt, you know. Um, but then at the same time, I had to keep telling myself, like, the reality of the situation, um, and the reality, there's nothing I could do. Um, and I just had to trust myself. I knew what I was fucking doing, um, right. but, you know, there was just nothing I could do. Um, but it's, uh, you know, even with that knowledge, it, uh, it definitely, it grinds you down, man. Yeah, it does. It grinds you down. Uh, but the pay was really good, so that helped. <laughs> you know what I mean? Depressed till
1: Friday. Um, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, <laughs> exactly. And then, uh, you know, just reaching out to other engineers that I, I know have been in the same situation um and talking it through with them uh helped a lot
1: talking um, it through aka man that bitch
3: damn yeah <laughs> basically yeah yeah her so,
1: music is so good though holy cow so good man I could, it's
3: so fucking good she puts on a great show that but,
1: that's another yeah. artist that i can listen to the whole album i could push play yeah, at the beginning same. and listen through the whole thing and not skip a song and that, yeah. that's like she's good
3: i would love to do front of house Next time. <laughs> <laughs> and no thick yeah, I'm honored. you. honors. No way.
2: I'm glad I'm glad we talked about this because this can be difficult this can be difficult conversations, but they first of all they happen. So it's a yeah. thing. But also, you know, that whole idea of like, hey, is it am I really this terrible at my job or is this an unreasonable request? Um a lot of that sometimes it's just, hey, I'm not the right person for this gig. And it's Raph. nobody's yeah, yeah. fault. It's just a bad fit. And, and you know, Yak, Yak has told me about times where management just wanted it you know 10 db louder than he felt was was comfortable or appropriate yeah. and at some point you just go you know what i'm not i'm not the person for this i don't feel good about this um and there's nothing wrong with that you know um yeah there's nothing wrong with saying this isn't the gig for me sorry you know definitely definitely because you're not you don't have to burn that bridge on the way out you can just say it's not right. a good fit
3: you know yeah I definitely held on as long as I could. Though. I was like, "I'm not leaving until they tell me to leave."
1: <laughs> Greyhound ticket in hand, I'm staying. Yeah.
3: yeah, but when I got fired, I was like, Thank God. "Thank God, this is fucking over." Remember,
1: I told you about that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Thank God it was over, man. Uh, but the man, you know, management was really cool. He's a great guy. Um, he knew the deal. So, um, but overall, I would have done it again, man. It was a, uh, it was an experience, you know it's good to get beaten down sometimes you know
2: yeah you gotta get your ass kicked once in a while That's well, yeah, healthy. Yeah, yeah man hell yeah yeah You're better Definitely. than the next fight
1: man that's all yeah
2: yeah yeah speaking of that if you want to fight kyle in person we are going to be at the cfx trade show uh probably actually i think chris is this the the last episode we're going to release before <laughs> cfx Maybe put me it's on a coming spot, up of, down um, we're be down in Dallas. Um, this
0: will be out next week. Apparently, um, I'm fighting people in Dallas. Yeah, it, it's for charity. It's for <laughs> charity. Yeah, like this, bucks, will out, this, will, this will be out. This will be out. will be out the eighth. Yeah, this will be out on the eighth. You're, if you're listening to this now, it's the week of the eighth. Yeah, so we'll be in CFX. Yeah, the 20, 20th through the twenty second, something like yeah, that. Uh, the show. So, I
2: believe the show is 21-22. 21-22, tw- Yeah. Where are we doing the uh, Pro Sound Web loudspeaker demo? Come out and and. Uh, you know what? And actually, I realize there's some pretty badass giveaways. So I just wanna—I'm gonna hit the p- webpage real quick. Um, so you can win um, RCF IRIA, the uh, their little new near field monitors, which are apparently quite good. Uh, they got some uh, some is giving away some cables. Rinkus Heinz is giving away some speakers. Uh, Evie's giving away a microphone. KRA's giving away some Bluetooth earbuds and you can win a license of smart version eight and RCA 420 microphone so come on out oh, damn yeah man just, just good prizes yeah i might i might, yeah. I <laughs> might
1: grab some signal to noise stuff and if you come find me and yeah, don't fight might, me I'll, I'll, I'll give you I'll a sticker some or something stickers. <laughs> and you can go fight michael yeah
2: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah chris and kyle are going to be your your trusted uh and uh engaging mcs trusted. and uh I'm going to be running the console. Alan Heath's bringing us an Avantis that will be fun. Uh, so come, nice. out, come out and see us. It'll be a good time. It's always a good time. Uh, Kyle Jensen has promised to take us to the nearest Waffle House. Well. right So that's happening. <laughs>
1: Raisin Toast. Yeah. So run the jewels. Yeah. Yes.
3: You've been with them I love for, that gig, man.
1: You've been with them for quite a while now, man. Like
3: Yeah, it's going on five years now. Holy cow. It's going on five years, and, yeah.
1: And they just keep saying better and better shit. Like... I, yeah, I wish Killer Mike crazy. was like my uncle.
3: Yeah, absolutely, man. <laughs> he's a bad motherfucker. Ugh. He's a bad motherfucker. What? Yeah, super intelligent, but also like gets down and he's cool as hell.
1: Uh, You guys wow. were doing, wasn't it Rage Against the Machine with them and it never get to start? Or
3: Yeah, we were in rehearsals uh, in March of 2020 when all this shit went down. Um, so, uh, looking forward to March of 2022 and get back to it.
1: Yeah. Do they, yeah. do they tour with the live stuff as well as DJs or are they mostly track shows for you?
3: Nope. Just a DJ. Uh, for the longest time, it was just the left, right out of the DJ, which was actually fine for me. Cause LP is such a genius fucking producer. The tracks are like perfect. You don't even need multi-tracks cause they sound so good um but now since we have a bigger show we have time track so we have um a playback computer uh, but it's still just a left right for the tracks and then the dj scratching is uh another two channels which is cool because i can you know solo the um the dj or uh you know bring him up when he's doing his uh, scratching and stuff like that um but uh yeah the tracks sound really good so lp it's, is pretty uh, much
1: a mastermind in the hip-hop community i guess yeah when i was a younger gentleman it was like a backpack hip-hoppers yeah and lp yeah, yeah. was always a standout along with the guys from atmosphere and slug and yeah. dibs and like oh, a bunch yeah. of those people are just like insane producers before they were hip-hop guys and yeah. to have lp and killer mike together and run the jewels like the last three albums are ridiculous, and that stuff that they just yeah. did with Shadow blew them out of the water. Like, holy Oh, cow. yeah.
3: Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, because I grew up on all that backpack hip-hop stuff, so it's really like a, a dream gig for me, man. I love it. What's it's a great gig.
1: What's the best one you've done with them so far, you think? If you can put a, a thing on it.
3: Um, Probably... Uh, they're... Biggest show they had that they did singly um, was at the Gra- Bill Graham Theater in San Francisco, um, and they pulled like seven thousand people, and it was just electric. It was, uh, yeah, but uh, I I can't even think of a bad show we've had. They're all just nuts, man.
0: People go fucking crazy. Beers flying and yeah. it's exciting. You know how, how, how about choice of uh, how about choice of microphones, either for them or for other hip hop? When people are cupping the microphone, have you found through the years, are there, <clears throat> sorry, are there different capsules, or different mics that work better for just the hip hop style? Yeah. Uh, well, when I
3: first started with them, uh, I tried to get them on the Heil, the rap caps, um, but uh, they didn't like the shape of the capsule. You know what I mean? A lot of it is aesthetic. And I found that it really didn't help anyway. And they were kind of sensitive in monitor worlds. Um, So we just went back to a Beta 58. Um, It's kind of the quintessential hip-hop microphone. And, uh, yeah, they cut the hell out of it. And they know it doesn't sound as good. But, you know, sometimes it's not always about the sound 100%. Sure. I mean, it's about the style and, and how they look. And it does look cooler when they're cup in the mic man you know um and uh it just gives me more of a chance to make it sound better you know just to do what i have to do um you know to uh to get a better sound out of it and you, i mean you can you just have to you just have to work a lot doing a lot of eq play and changing frequencies constantly you know um yeah. so it makes it exciting especially when you have like four channels for mixing uh you got to do
0: something yeah. behind there you know I imagine I imagine dynamic EQ comes into play a lot with, with, with that. Does that, does that. Absolutely. Or... Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Um,
3: if I can, I'd love to have, a uh, you know, uh, waves F six on there. Um, and, uh, yeah, the dynamic EQ is a, uh, definitely a game changer on that. Um, and, uh, just, but yeah,
0: just it's... two, just 2.5 minus 25 DB. Like,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um it's <laughs> LP is a lot uh better on the microphone as far as like where his mouth is relative to the microphone. Mm-hmm. Uh Mike is a lot different. He'll like come out here and he'll come really close. Oh, so uh, okay. Like, sometimes I'm I'm boosting a hundred and then I'm fucking dumping a hundred wow. and I'm fucking you know, but it's always two point five is always a fucking pain in my ass <laughs> and one k eight hundred, you know. Um, and then the low stuff, you know, because you're getting proximity effect and then it's thinning out. So it's just a lot of it's it's fun, though. I like it, man. You know, if it was just like if it if they had perfect mic technique, it would be boring. Yeah. You know, because the amount of channels. So are they right, in so, ears or wedges? Oh. Uh, well, they were notorious for like uh, we hate ears. They're fucking stupid. We'll never <laughs> use it. So it was like giant side fills and like a 100 fucking wedges in front of them. <laughs> um, but towards the end of 2017 or 2018 we're doing an arena tour with lord which is a very weird lineup um but we were like you know you guys might want to check out ears again because it's going to be in an arena um and it's gonna sound better for you um so we got them on ears and now they love the ears so now it's just side fields and ears so you've got,
2: and I, I have no context on this, but it was interesting to uh-huh. me. Uh, my colleague Chris Nduru sent me a picture of your your SD nine that was quite well decked out in in red. Looks like red gas. Oh yeah, a lot of red. Paint. Yeah. Um,
3: what's what's <laughs> going on with that, man? Uh, just boredom. <laughs> <laughs> you know, sit sit in rehearsals four hours a day, and you're like, oh, well, let me see it's not like um, the
2: equivalent of when you're like doodling when you're on the phone, only you're exactly, console doodling. Exactly. Yeah.
3: yeah. I was like, oh, let's see. Um, I definitely got the, uh, I got the idea from David Goumet. I don't know if you guys yeah. know him. Um, but he came through the Fox once and he had a he had the same console and he did it all decked out in fucking uh, e-tape. And I was like, oh, I had some gaff tape. I was like, ah, oh, let me fucking fuck around, you know. Um, so I tried to make it look all. All gangster with some <laughs> fake gangster with the like, graffiti and stuff. Um I
1: think David you know just I last time I went to see David he was mixing one of my favorite bands, uh Failure with uh kenny Oh yeah.
3: Uh, he mixes oh. all of my favorite bands dude. Oh. All my fucking favorite bands. And uh, Andy's from the other side of the state. He's such a great guy. Yeah, Kansas yeah. City guy. Yeah second man.
1: rate Rivertime. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I love that guy, man. He's uh, <laughs> he's a fantastic engineer. He's a solid human being. Um yeah. Yes, sir. Good, dude. Very good, so,
0: dude. You you also have a pretty cool front of house talkback mic. Oh I was, yeah. I, I, was, <laughs> so I was I was d- digging through Facebook and, and you have this like sweet etched like um uh oh, yeah, says front right. of front of house you know Thomas Wolf, uh etched what, what's what's the story with that microphone?
3: Um, I was on tour with Claro and I had my buddy Chris Dwight uh, doing monitors, good friend of mine, and. Uh, He's just a fucking sweetheart, man. I fucking show up to the show once, and he's like, hey, look, I got you something. And he fucking, he got that made for me, man. I couldn't
0: fucking believe it. Awesome. It was, it was rad. It's, yeah. It's sweet. It was cool,
3: man. It was really yeah. cool.
0: I'll throw, uh, I'll throw pictures of this in the Discord and Facebook when the episodes come out, both the console and the microphone, so people yeah. see some, some context. It's uh, Some uh, cool stuff, yeah. And the, stuff. and the mustache as
2: well. No, I'm just joking. Uh, uh, of course, uh, of course. It's so, my best asset, man. <laughs> fuck yeah, dude. Yeah. I, I think and, it'll... And, I think, oh, go ahead, Kyle.
1: And before Signal to Noise, uh, you did a lot for the audio community via Facebook. Um, yeah. And uh, I, I loved your undying support. I know with COVID, everything has kind of slowed down in your move and everything. But Mm. I wanted to thank you personally for doing all the posts and stuff you were on Facebook because um, you were kind of the start of the audio community with Front of House and Monitor Engineers, and and I appreciated it. It was awesome to see you every day doing that. that means a lot,
3: man. That means a lot to me, yeah. That whole thing uh, was kind of a fluke, man. I just, um, at the time, there was like some live sound groups but they were it was like ten thousand members a lot of people just talking shit you know what i mean yep i was like i just want to start one and like start adding all these people people i'm meeting on the road you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so we could all just kind of get together and share knowledge and share gigs um and i really just became obsessed with it yeah you Um,
1: did you posted hmm, you know once I mean? or twice a day, dude. It was fun to watch. It really I, was.
0: Yeah, I actually, yeah. I didn't realize that that was your group until just now that he mentioned us. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <to, good> to... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good, good stuff. That's I, good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: It definitely slowed down during the pandemic. I kind of took, uh, I took a step back from everything. Uh, yeah, it was man. funny because I started hearing from people like, "Oh yeah, he's not coming back." <laughs> like a lot of people thought I was gone, like I'd slept. Um But I was pretty burnt out. Um, and I was just like, I just have to fucking step back for a little bit, uh, get off social media, just stop thinking about audio for a little bit, man. Because it's like literally nonstop for a decade. Yeah. You know, uh, just obsessive. Bless like you, brother. Audio obsessive, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly um, what
1: you mean. Bless you for that. It takes a lot yeah. to do it.
3: So coming, like, now I'm full back. I'm back like a, a crack addict. <laughs> fucking just, you know, trying to get as much as I can audio again um it feels good man it feels it's awesome bad It's awesome it. yeah absolutely
2: so we have a little bit of a unique situation because i know kyle has very strong opinions on this question i'm about to oh, ask fuck <laughs> we're going down to we're going to come down we're going to visit you in vegas man where are you taking us for
3: lunch <laughs> oh shit man <laughs> uh... better be good <laughs> um... the
2: skeleton's back so be careful
3: yeah oh shit Kyle, that's creepy. Um, Put that thing away, man. <laughs> uh, keep it. Keep it. Keep it. Bring it to CFX with you. All right. You know what? I w- I'm just going to have to defer to Kyle. Like, oh, where do you want to go to your on, favorite man. restaurant, man? I,
1: I love <laughs> Goemon Sushi off the strip. All right. All you can eat sushi. Kind of like a local jam. Some folks yeah. are finding out about it. That one's really good. Um, dang, where else? There's a little barbecue place up on Rainbow way far up the mountain. That's pretty good. I don't know. Where do you go to eat all the time, dude? I like that taco place and uh, Tacos El Whatever right next to the shitty strip mall at oh, the end of the strip.
3: Uh, El, El, El Gordo, Gordo? Yeah. Is it El Gordo? Yeah, yeah. Tacos yeah, yeah. El Gordo? Um, well, where I live, um, it's uh, like Southern Highlands. Yeah. So it's kind of like more white people. Um, Chili. So Mexican food's not that great. Apple yeah. Um So I was always like, oh, I can't because I'm from Los Angeles. You know, um, so I'm like, damn, I can't get fucking good Mexican food out nope. here. It's bumming me out. Sucks. Until I went to the fucking east side yeah, and I was like, oh, shit, where all the Mexicans are. I'm like, this is where it's at. There's like, dude, there's a ton of fucking great spots out there. Um, Like there's a good El Salvadorian spot. Oh, uh, by the Hohokin university. Places. Yeah, man. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. Good. yeah. Um, a good Peruvian spot. Um, yeah. So when in doubt, just, you know, go to the east side of town. Uh, and you find a ton of good food. And there's yeah, sushi. Um oh. and you never think of all you can eat sushi that's but in Vegas the all you can eat sushi spots are incredible. Incredible. So yeah, that
0: that, that local fresh fish man, it's so good in Vegas. Yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: Right right from the sea. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's known for known for his
2: fresh seafood. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of problems yeah. are <laughs> solved in the <that> sea. <laughs> Absolutely, man.
3: Absolutely. Man. Chris Leonard. But, uh, tacos, man, tacos. If I can find good tacos like you, Kyle. I'm fucking... I'm a happy guy. El Gordo. I'm a fucking happy guy. Tacos yeah. El
1: Gordo, the lingua.
3: Yeah, man.
0: Yeah. Oh, fuck yeah, oh. man. Lingua all day. All day, baby. <laughs> awesome. So, Thomas, if you could define your legacy or how you'd want to be known, how would you define that? Um, Man, that's a good question. Um,
3: I would honestly... A cool guy, man. Like, you know, I want to, like, guys that, you know, maybe when I'm older and they come up to me and they're like, you know, when I was younger and I came up to you, uh, you were fucking cool to me and gave me, like, good advice. Um, you know what I mean? Um, like, the same thing with Scoville and Pooch and, like, man, it meant so much to me, like, going up to them and, like, asking them a question and they were just, like, they were cool to me um it just meant so much to me that i want to live that same legacy obviously i want to be known as a good mixer but um (laughs) you know i just wanted to be known as a a solid dude that uh helped other engineers you know come up
1: well you're over halfway there brother you're already doing it (laughs) I
3: i feel like i feel like i'm still a young gun after a decade man um you know I still got a lot of way to go. Got a lot of ways to go. That's great. Well thanks, Thomas. It's awesome.
2: Awesome to chat with you, man. I really appreciate uh, yeah
3: Dude, you guys are fucking awesome, man. Oh shit. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta live vicariously through you. Oh shit. Let me thank you guys, man. Um this is one of the best podcasts out there. You guys are fucking crushing it. Um and what you guys do for the audio community is fantastic. And I've gotten so much information and inspiration from you guys so thank you and it's an honor really an honor to be on this show
0: thank you you, appreciate Appreciate that very much